Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim Amar by Avram Goldai, and today we're Zechus Ksubes Daf Memches, the fourth parak Nor Shini Spasasa. The Zichud Mesechus Ksubes program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Mishnah Daf Memvav Amabe stated the Tanakhama says a husband is chayv to provide for his wife's burial. And Reuda says, "I feel anish Yisrael will yipchos Mishnei Chalilin umekonenas." Even the poorest Jewish man may not hire less than two flutes and a lamenting woman to lead the mourning at his wife's burial. The Gemara says that this implies that the Tanakhama holds that a husband does not have to provide these and asks, what is the mission's case? If the custom in her family is to have the flutes and the lamenting woman at a woman's funeral, why does the Tanakhama say that he does not need to provide them? And if it's not her family's custom, what is Rabbi Huda's reason for requiring the husband to provide them? The Gemara answers that the Malchokas is in a case where it is the husband's custom to have the flute and lament her at a woman's funeral, but it's not her family's custom. The Tanakhama holds, When we say that a woman rises to her husband's status, but does not descend to it, this applies in her life, but not after her death. Yudo holds this principle applies even after her death. Rav Chiz said in the name of Marukva, the halach is like Rav Yehuda. Pointing to Rav Chiz said in the name of Marukva, Mishnin shtatta based in Yordan and Nechosov, v'zanim afarni says, ishto uvanu v'nosov v'davar acher. One who went insane, based and goes down to his property and supports and maintains his wife and sons and his daughters and also provides something else. Ravina asked Ravashi why this is different from a Bryce which taught. One who goes overseas and his wife goes to Basin and claims support, Basin goes down to his property to support and maintain it, but not his sons or his daughters nor something else. Ravashi responded, Do you not distinguish between someone who leaves intentionally and one who leaves without das? Rashi explains that the father who traveled overseas could have arranged support for his children before departing, so this indicates that he does not want to support them in his absence. Nonetheless, he must support his wife because that is one of the Tanai Ksuba, the conditions of the Ksuba. But we may assume that the father who went crazy would have wanted to support his children. And pointing with you, the next mission states, Once the father has handed his daughter over to the husband's agents, she is in her husband's Rishus. Rav said this means the delivery is effective in all respects except for permitting her to eat truma if her husband is a cone. Rashi explains that if the husband finds a muma, physical defect, after chupa, the marriage could be retroactively revoked and she will have unlawfully eaten truma. But Ravasi said she may eat truma. Rashi explains he holds that the concern is that she will accidentally feed truma to her siblings while in her house. Once she leaves her father's house, there's no more concern. Shmuel said that the delivery is only effective for her inheritance. If she dies on the way, her husband retains the dowry. Reish Lakish said for her ksuba, which Ravina explains means that if her chasen dies, then her ksuba from a second husband will only be 100 zuz. The Gemara brings a price that refutes all of the opinions except for Shmuel's. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah Daf Memvav Ahmed Bey stated, The Tanakam says a husband is chayv to provide for his wife's burial. And Yehuda says, Even the poorest Jewish man may not hire less than two flutes and a lamenting woman to lead the mourning at his wife's burial. The Gemara says that this implies that the Tanakhama holds that a husband does not have to provide these and asks, what is the mission's case? If the custom in her family is to have the flutes and the lamenting woman at a woman's funeral, why does the Tanakhama say that he does not need to provide them? And if it's not her family's custom, what is Rabbi Huda's reason for requiring the husband to provide them? The Gemara answers that the Malchokas is in a case where it is the husband's custom to have the flute and lament her at a woman's funeral, but it's not her family's custom. The Tanakhama holds, When we say that a woman rises to her husband's status, but does not descend to it, this applies in her life, but not after her death. 
Yudah holds this principle applies even after her death. Rav Chisda said in the name of Mar Ukva, the halach is like Rav Yehuda. Pointing to Rav Chisda said in the name of Mar Ukva, Mishnin Shtata based in Yordan and Nechosav, Vazanim Mefarnisans Ishto Uvanav Venosav Davar Acher. One who went insane, Basin goes down to his property and supports and maintains his wife and sons and his daughters and also provides something else. Ravina asked Ravashi why this is different from a Bryce witch taught. One who goes overseas and his wife goes to Basin and claims support, Basin goes down to his property to support and maintain her, but not his sons or his daughters nor something else. Ravashi responded, Do you not distinguish between someone who leaves intentionally and one who leaves without das? Rashi explains that the father who traveled overseas could have arranged support for his children before departing, so this indicates that he does not want to support them in his absence. Nonetheless, he must support his wife because that is one of the Tanai Ksuba, the conditions of the Ksuba. But we may assume that the father who went crazy would have wanted to support his children. And pointing with you, the next mission states, Masa Abu Shulchi Abal, Abal. Once the father has handed his daughter over to the husband's agents, she is in her husband's Rishus. Rav said this means The delivery is effective in all respects except for permitting her to eat truma if her husband is a cone. Rashi explains that if the husband finds a mum, a physical defect after chuppah, the marriage could be retroactively revoked and she will have unlawfully eaten truma. But Ravasi said she may eat truma. Rashi explains he holds that the concern is that she will accidentally feed truma to her siblings while in her house. Once she leaves her father's house, there's no more concern. Shmuel said that the delivery is only effective for her inheritance. If she dies on the way, her husband retains the dowry. Reish Lakish said for her ksuba, which Ravina explains means that if her chasen dies, then her ksuba from a second husband will only be 100 zuz. The Gemur brings a price that refutes all of the opinions except for Shmuel's. All right, so now we go to our Simrataf Memches, and our standard simon relates to Moach, Brain, and we use Brainiacs. Brainiacs are highly intelligent, brainy people. So here goes. The brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property. And her sister died from shock right after she had been handed over to the husband's shluchim, enabling her husband to retain her dowry. Once again, it's emotion. The brainiacs, brainiacs, that must be one duff, memches. The brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible. Which reminds us, we have Malchukas, if a husband is required to provide flutes and a lamenter at his wife's burial. The Gemara says that the Malchukas is in a case where it's the husband's custom to have the flute and a lamenter at a woman's funeral, but it's not her family's custom. The Tanakhama holds, when we say that a woman rises to her husband's status but does not descend to it, this applies in her life, but not after her death. Rebuto holds, this principle applies even after her death. So, the brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property. Which reminds me of what said in the name of our Ukva, one who went insane, Basin goes down to his property and supports and maintains his wife and his sons and daughters because we assume the father who went crazy would have wanted to support his children. This is different than a father who travels overseas since he could have arranged support for his children before departing but did not. It indicates that he does not want to support them in his absence. Nonetheless, he must support his wife because that's one of the Tanai Kasuba. So the brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property. And her sister died from shock right after she had been handed over to the husband's shluchim, enabling her husband to retain 
her dowry, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Once the father has handed his daughter over to the husband's agents, she is in her husband's Rishus. There's a Malchus regarding what it means that she's in his Rishus, and the Bryce refutes every opinion except for Shmuel's, who says it's regarding her Yerusha, that the delivery is only effective for her inheritance. If she dies on the way, her husband retains the dowry. So once again, the brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property. And her sister died from shock right after she had been handed over to her husband Shluchim, enabling her husband to retain her dowry. All right, so now it's time for four blabach hazara. Daf mem dalad. So the simver daf mem dalad is mud. So here goes. The two stars for one field dated one after the other. Lying in the mud. Mud? That must be more in Duff. Memdalad. The two stars for one field dated one after the other. Lying in the mud, which reminds of Rav Nachman said, Two stars for one field, and one is dated after the other. The second star nullifies the first. The Gemara asks what the reason is that the first star is Batal, and Rafram said that we say the recipient admitted to him that the first star was invalid. And Rashi explains that by acknowledging the need for a second star, the recipient is admitting the first star was a fraudulent. Ravaka said that we say the recipient graciously waived the lien that is inherent in the first deed. If the land is seized, he's limited to collecting from lands sold after the date of the second star. The Gemara brings three enough convenience between the two reasons, the disqualification of the witnesses, the repayment of fruits eaten, and payment of the property tax. So the two stars for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Anarha Marasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha, which reminds us that we learned that Anarha Marasa, if conception was not in Kedusha, meaning that it was before her mother converted, but her birth was in Kedusha, meaning after her mother converted, Arzobaskiwa, she's Chayv Skiwa, but she's not subject to stoning by the entrance of her father's house, since her father isn't Jewish, nor is she entitled to the hundred cell of fine if her husband is found to be lying about her. The Gemara learns that the superfluous word Umesa, and she shall die, is coming to include one who's not conceived in Kedusha, but was born in Kedusha for Skiwa. And when the Gemara asks why this does not teach us that if her husband is found guilty of trying to defame her, he should be lashed and have to pay the fine, it answers Umesa, and she shall die. She was included for the death penalty, but not for the fine. So the two stars for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Narho Marasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha. When she noticed a young orphan girl sitting in the mud and crying because the one who defamed her didn't have to pay the kanas. Which reminds us, we have no focus whether Hamotzi Shemra al Yasoma is putter, whether one who defames an orphan girl is putter from paying the fine. Daf Mem so the Simmer Daf Mem is Monopoly. So here goes. The three Naras playing execution Monopoly, Monopoly, that must be more in Daf Mem The three Naras playing execution Monopoly and try not to land on Father's house, city gate, or tight neck, which reminds us, Shiva taught a brace of the Tat, Shosh Midos Benara. There are three types of execution with regard to a Naru who committed adultery as an Arusa, dependent on when the witnesses came to testify against her and how old she was at the time of the conviction. So the three Naras playing execution monopoly and trying not to land on Father's house, city gate, or tight neck were joined by a defamed Nara, who became a Bagaris, who was upset her accuser did not have to pay the Kanas. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that in the case of a Nara Marasu, who was a Nara when she sinned, but a Bulgaris when she was judged, 
she gets skilled because her adulterous actions caused her punishment. And when she committed adultery, she was an ara. Whereas in the case of the defamer, Akimus of Garmulo, the curving of his lips referring to his defamation caused him to be high of a punishment. And at the time he spoke, she was already a Bulgaris. Therefore, he cannot be given the punishment for one who defames a Nara. So the three Naras playing execution monopoly and try not to land on father's house, city gate, or tight neck were joined by a defamed Nara who became a Bulgaris, who was upset or accused her to not have to pay the Kanas, and who had just come from a town with a majority of idolaters where stoning was done at the entrance. A basin, which reminds us, it was time to bright that Anar Marasa that commits adultery, we stone her at the entrance of her father's house. If her father has no house, we stone her at the entrance of the city's gate where she committed the adultery, and in a city with a majority of idolaters, we stone her at the entrance. A basin. Daf Memvav. So the similar Daf Memvav is a cow that goes moo. So here goes. The Rachel going around town on a cow. Cow. That must be on Daf Memvav. Moo. The Rachel going around town on a cow telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Hazar la Motsi Shemra Monalan, from where do we derive the source for the warning of a defamer? Belazar says it's from the Pasuk Oseilich Rachel, you should not go out as a gossip monger. And Rabbi Nassim says it's from the Pasuk Benishmar to be called Davara, beware of any evil Davar referring to a word. The Gemara explains why each one did not hold of the other one's source. So, the Rachel going around town on a cow telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra lost control and charged to a spread out clean new sheet that the girl's father was holding, which reminds us that whether the defamer must have had relations with her in order to be punished with Malchus and the fine, the Chamim hold, that he's punished whether he had relations or not. And Rebelezer and Yaakov holds, he's only punished if he had relations with her. The Gemara how the Chamim will hold that he does not have had to have relations with her understand various psukim. When it asks how they understand the Pasuk Parshua Simla, and they spread out the sheet, it answers Rabbi Avo who said, Perishuma Shasamla. They clarify the accusation that he placed on her, as it was taught in a bright said that witnesses come from both sides, and they clarify the matter like a new sheet. So the Rachel going around town on a cow, telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra, lost control and charged through a spread out clean new sheet that the girl's father was holding, which he had bought with the kes of Kedushin. He received. Which reminds the next mission opens the a father Zoha in his daughter's Kedushin to receive the money. The more asked for the source for this and after rejecting several answers returns to its original source from the parsha of a Jewish ship who becomes a Nara where the Pusik states she shall leave free of charge without payment. From the superfluous phrase Without payment, it can be inferred in Kesev Adon Zeh, Adon There's no payment made to this master, meaning no money is needed to purchase the girl from his Rishos, but there is payment made to a different master upon leaving his Rishos. And who is this? Her father. Daf Mem Zayn. So the symbol Daf Mem Zayn is a maze. So here goes. The corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her customer at the Paris Xus and Kalim when she unexpectedly passed away after Arison after getting lost in the maze, just as the rub was preparing the Xuba and was writing the words Shera Xusa Vaonasa. Once again in slow motion. The corn maze property maze, that must be Murandaf Mamzayan. The corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to, which reminds us, we have a malchokas if a father can consume the produce from his daughter's properties. So, 
The corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her chassan with her parents Xus and Kalim when she unexpectedly passed away after Erison when she got lost in the maze, which reminds us we have Malchus whether a chassan has the rights to Paris Xus and Kalim if the Kala dies before Nesuin, and the Gemara compares this Malchus to the Malchus whether a Kala gets the Tosefus Ksuba when the chassan dies after Erison. So the corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her chassan with her Paris Xus and Kalim when she unexpectedly passed away after Erison when she got lost in the maze, just as the Rav was preparing the Ksuba and was writing the words Sherek Ksusa Va'onasa, which reminds us we have different opinions regarding the meaning of the terms Sherek Ksusa Va'onasa. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our 10 question pop quiz. Number one, which did they learn how the Chachamim hold that the defamer does not have to have relations with her? How do they explain the Psukim such as spreading out the sheet? That's on Duff. Memba, for good number two. Which of the women that in a town that is rove idolaters, the Narmaharasa gets stoned by the entrance of Bastin? That's on Duff. Memhe, good number three. Which stuff do we have different opinions regarding the meaning of the words Sherek Susavonasa? That's on Duff. Memzine, good number four. Which stuff do we have a Mokokos if a husband has to provide flutes and a Mokanenis at his wife's funeral? That's on Duff. Memchas. Good number five. Which stuff even is whether the father has rights to consume the produce from a daughter's property? That's on Duff. Memzine. Good number six. Which of the one that the McCord that the father gets the Kesav Kedushin is Vyasachinam in Kesav? That's on Duff. Memvav. Good number seven. Which of the one that when the Kala is given over to the Chasen Shluchim, she's considered in his Rishus in terms of her Yerusha if she dies? That's on Duff. Memchas. Good number eight. Which of the one, if a father goes insane, then Basin goes down to his property to provide support for his wife and his children. That's on Duff. Memchas. Good number nine. Which Duff of Mechokas of a Hassan gets the Perisksus and Kalim of a Kala that died after Erison. That's on Duff. Memzine. Good. Number 10. Which of the one if a father goes insane, then Basin goes down to his property to provide support for his wife and his children. That's on Duff. Memches. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgotham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.